Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. This podcast is sponsored by Stoney's Restaurant and Bar in Sirencester. For great food and friendly atmosphere, check out www.stoney's.co. Also, you can telephone them on 01285 642 006. This podcast is sponsored by the Old Calf Sirencester. For table bookings, reservations or further information, telephone 0756 839 6585 or 01285 651 484. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome back. This is episode 14. (laughs) Where we are going to be looking at series one, episode five, Peeping Tom. Absolutely. And... Please let me introduce to you, and he is opposite me this week after he had the pleasure of sitting next to me last week. It's the man who throws eggs like Alan and is getting ready to go on his date with Kaylee. It's Neil. Hello there, Pav. How are you? I'm all right. I quite like this dynamic, you know. What, sitting here? No, I, yeah. like, my, I like my seat too much. I know that you were back in your normal seat last week, and uh, many thanks to Daisy and Charlie for oh, last week. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. They it were, was... They? Um, it was so much fun. It was. And the fact that we got to spend so to long. spend a bit of time, quality time with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had some nice comments. So as we're recording this, there's only a week left, really? It, it, well, a well week, just under a week. A week today. Uh, episode one of... No, no, no less... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. This doesn't matter because people no, are going to be time, listening to well, this. When this comes out, you'll be able to watch episode one. Yeah. Of series two. But then if this is 2027 and you're watching this and they've just finished series... Oh, don't. That's a mind fuck. Series 17. 
and you know whether it's seventeen. It's last of the summer. This country, <laughs> last of the summer, carrying curtain. Can you imagine that? And they're like, can you imagine if they're in their sixties and they're still going around the village? <laughs> and Len's still there. He's like a hundred and six, and he's in his <laughs> he's in his floating wheelchair. The futuristic, <laughs> um, and there's one. And they've also worked out how to clone humans, so they've taken all of the tennis rackets and they've got loads of Martin Mucklow's DNA. And there's loads of little Martin Mucklow's running little around, Mark, <laughs> like minions. Yeah, they, well, they call them little peepers. Yeah, the uh, full size Martin Mucklow and the little ones following him yeah. wherever he goes. They would be. I think that'd be working. There you go. Why don't we write this? Why don't we? Yes, indeed. There's a reason. There's a reason why they are where they are, and we are stuck in a little shed. Yeah. I object. I love this little shed. I know. It was funny, because we've got the the competition, which would have finished by now, if you're listening to this in 2027. Uh, But somebody on their email said, um, do you really do this from a shed? And I said, yes. And I said that what we'll do is we would give it... Because obviously we've done it before with the camera yep. and given a little tour of the shed. Uh, we'll do that as a Patreon-exclusive video, I think. Yeah, brilliant. Just a little too. a little um, tour around where we record. And it is literally a shed. Uh, I know this isn't the subject of the podcast this week, but you know, we've got lots of stuff to look at. It's, but let, let us tell you, it's not a wooden shed. It's not. It is a proper concrete blocked shed it is and if little piggies would have come uh, no if the wolf would come the little piggies wouldn't be able to hide oh, they'll be I mean. safe yes they're safe <laughs> whoever right. it is can huff and puff out there but they're safe in huff and puff isn't that a, that's one of the things in harry potter isn't it huff and puff oh yeah it's one of the houses nearly anyway let's go slithering into episode <laughs> ching wrong podcast uh here we go so series one episode five Peeping Tom. We start with the normal titles. Yep. And uh, then we go into Kerry's bedroom. Kerry blowing the horn. Now, uh, I've written this down. Kerry with the horn from a boot sale. Yes. Now, um... And the thing is, when she goes, got this from a boot sale, she looks so So proud. proud, Doesn't she? And she also (laughs) threw in this, which is that awful bat. So, no, I was trying to say, is that a toy of a bat or is that an actual stuffed bat? I think it's a toy of a bat. Now, looking at it, but it's really raggedy-taggedy. It's broken at the front. Yeah. There's those things sticking up at the front. Just made me chuckle. But, yeah, how proud she is of that horn. See, see, this is the thing about... there's times when, like, if if myself and my wife have got a Sunday and we think, well, let's go to a boot sale, or mm. you drive around, you see a boot sale, and it always seems to be quite a romantic thing on a Sunday morning to go and have a look at a boot sale. But then when you walk around, I don't know whether you do, but I feel, like, sometimes a little bit dirty, and then sometimes I look like someone will have, like, a a box full of rusted tools, mm. and you think, why is anyone going to want to buy that? Piece of I've actually shit. sold at boot sales a few times. Oh, I've done, yeah, I have. Yeah, and usually when I'm selling, I usually get up and have a walk around. Right. And then buy something completely useless. Really? Think, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, that'll look good on my window. So then get it home and think, what the fuck did I buy that for? It's awful. Or the fact you'll haggle about something that's like 20p. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um,. Curtin is sitting at the window and telling Kerry to shut up because he has spotted his future wife. Well, the new family are moving in over there and he's perving on the girl. Yeah, I'm not perving, <coughs> he says. God, it sounds like we're almost like role-playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said he's evaluating the situation before he makes his move. 
Now, this is the bit that maybe I didn't actually grab the audio in this bit, but it goes, wowee. It <laughs> goes, wowee, she's stunning. Um, but then Slugs comes down the street, I and know, if there's yeah. ever a moment when um, Saturday Night Fever music should be playing, yeah, that's the moment. There, there was also, he really does have that swagger, doesn't he? Yeah. He's done himself, he made himself I think good. that's just the way he walks. There's just like a natural swagger, or it might be... Well, we've met him enough times, but then we've never really seen him walk, have no, we? No, we haven't, no. No, we've only ever had him in the back of the car. (laughs) In the back of the car. (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. But anyway, he's got a nice shirt on. He's got jeans on with his silver chain on his wallet. Yeah, scrubs up well. He's he's snaking me, is what Curtin says. Wallet on a chain, that's my thing. But does anyone still do that? Um... Yeah, I see people with the chains and the wallet. Excuse me if you hear any rattling next to the camera and everything. But it's that pure look of satisfaction, yeah. isn't it? It's a perfect yeah, look. Which, which is played out a little bit later on when she yeah. blows the horn again, which is none of those things. Um, and then, of course, that's when she shows the bat as well. And I, I put on there, stuffed, question mark. Yeah, um, I think it's just a um, toy, if you look at it again. Right. But, yeah, it's chucklesome. Chucklesome. So then we get the title card. Uh, then we get Curtin versus Slugs, as mm. uh, as we si- say hello to Kaylee. Because uh, Slugs is already chatting to her. And straight in, Slugs, have got a boyfriend? Yeah. Have you got a boyfriend? Um, do you want to go on a date? I love the way he's, he's very... Have you got a boyfriend? He's very gentle. Slow down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Slugs is very sort of... I mean, th- that's one thing that I've never been. I've never been able to be very direct when it comes mm. to to ladies. And and fair play to Slugs. I mean, he, I think he, I think he's a bit of a player when it comes to <laughs> comes to this, because he's straight in there. He is. There's no messing about. He knew the competition was coming with. Curtin, yeah, and there's no there's no bullshit in. It's straight in and and straight there with it. The, and fair play because Katie just goes. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in an enthusiastic way that she has. Exactly. I know. I think she plays it really well. Well, yeah, she's very good, isn't she? Um, and then we get a talking head from uh, Curtin saying about um, he has trust issues and I mean, he's always getting fucked over. Yeah, but I've been fucked over massively. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially he was going out with Kirsty Taylor. They went to Hampton Court <laughs> and Jack Jack Russell snaked him, which was his best mate. And that's when Kerry goes, I thought you, I was your best mate. Yeah, but we were in woodwork class. Well, I was in your woodwork class. Obviously, the very famous Mr. Perkins. Yeah, but it's when he get. yeah. I was in woodwork class, and Curtin does a beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And just carries on. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Curtin carries on about how he was car sick and had to sit in the front with Mr. Perkins. Uh, and then Kirsty and Jack were in the back seat. Um, and... Kerry said that she that he'd bought her a magnet, and he was she was going he was going no no it wasn't it was a bookmark with all the queens on it, um, and then Kerry blows the horn again. This is the perfect. And look. this is the, and then curtains there going well, that should be annoying, but just look at the look at her face, look at how much pleasure she's getting out of that, <laughs> and she really does. She, she does. She just, it looks like it's Christmas morning, doesn't it? Um, and then another one of those. This is one of the I I, I picked this as a. Um, quote of the day back when I was doing those every day and Curtin says how he was in a dark place and he was listening to Papa Roach and blowing things up with those little French bangers yeah. <laughs> great stuff that's the sort of stuff that 
that sort of whole phrase epitomizes what this country is all about. Exactly, it's, it's that kind really of really funny lines, but almost throwaway lines. Exactly, exactly. Then we get to Hisuma Klo. Uh, he's saying, "Guess who's doing? Uh, been done for peeping." And Kerry. Tennis. Well, what made me laugh? Or what? What was strange? One of the layered things is why she would think straight away that it was the vicar. I know. It was just the way she goes, the and vicar? Even, yeah, and even asking twice yeah. that it was the vicar, after after Sue had said no. Uh, and then, no, it was your you know, your father, Martin McClough, and he peeped in the 60s and in the 70s and in the 80s on Auntie Linda and the 90s when he was with me. Or, no, with um, your Auntie Linda when I was with him. Oh, that's right, sorry. And yeah. peeping all through the 90s. Yeah, utter slander. And this is where you get the, the sense that... She idolises him. Exactly, that's the word I was I was mm. looking for. Um, and then a great, another throwaway line, that when um, Kerry goes off and slams the door, Curtin says, ah, oh, the shit is it, the fan, and then sort of slyly looks at the camera and goes, he is a peeper, to be fair. <laughs> Which I think is a great uh, great little throwaway line and great reaction. And this is quite sweet next when he talks in a minute, isn't it? Well, this is the thing, because you think that he's talking just directly to the camera and probably saying something that he doesn't want Kerry to mm. hear about the fact he doesn't like Kerry's dad. He only ever wanted a son to teach him how to concrete. Yeah, he doesn't like the way he treats Kerry. Yeah, treats her like a dog. No matter how hard you kick her, she'll still come back wagging. And then the camera pans out and Kerry is sat, stood right next to him. Yeah, just with the look again. Just <laughs> and, then she, and she just goes, harsh. Yeah. And then he sort of, he sort of asks if she's all right. But then, like, Pats her like she's a dog. <laughs> sort of pats her like she's yeah. a pet to sort of like reaffirm what it is that he said, which I think is another lovely little But that was moment. a great line. All he ever wanted was a son <laughs> so he could teach him how to concrete. Exactly. So we get another uh, uh, card up with some uh, text on it that says A recent study showed that children with fathers who embrace parenthood are less likely to be. I can't even read my own bloody writing here. Um, are less likely to have behavioural problems in their teenage years and beyond. Now, the one thing we never asked Daisy yeah, and Kerry last factual, week, yeah. Yeah, Daisy and Charlie, was are these facts just, like, plucked out of their ass, or are these true facts? <laughs> well, they sound genuine, don't they? <coughs> well, they sound genuine, but anything can sound yeah, genuine. Yeah, yeah, that's you... what I mean. They sound genuine. I could imagine that they have some sort of truth to them. Yeah. So uh, we find out that Martin's been kicked out of his girlfriend's and is living in a caravan in the middle of a massive field, right in the... I mean... It's the most bizarre location. There's no where to put a car. It looks literally in the middle of nowhere, and no protection out of anything. And where are they getting the electric from? Exactly, exactly. Or, or, if anything, the internet signal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what you... No, it's it's just a game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not an internet. Yeah, it's because of really old fucking computers. Yeah, it it is, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Kerry says he'd be here, here for him like he, uh, he that he would she'll be here for him the same as he was for her. He said apart from like darts on a Wednesday or skittles on a Thursday or the weekends because that's his me time. Yeah. So you straight away you're getting the the idea that Martin is not a, a savory the, the or the ideal father. No, no. Um, then we're introduced to Paul Cooper with that beautiful deep raspy voice. Yeah. I, I, it's a voice that you could. And I know it's so. When you speak to him normally, you think, "Where is that from?" Yeah, yeah. Where is that from? That that um, that book that "Go the Fuck to Sleep" that Samuel L. Jackson that, read. Brilliant. He should read it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I might, well, I might just like commission him 
just bung him a tenner and say, can you come and read that so I can have that and record it? We'll just get him to do it. We'll just get him to record it, I reckon. There'll be a Patreon exclusive. There you go. What, read and go to fucking... Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyway, he gives us a story about... uh, I've been stitched up, (laughs) Care. Yeah, he had four pints at the keepers and needed a toilet. Uh, a desperate. He went into the bushes at a tennis club and this uh, old woman called the police for peeping. And he wasn't aroused, he was just well endowed. And you can't shoot a man for being well endowed, he said. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. Uh, and they've all turned their back on him. Um, and he hasn't got a pot to piss in. All jealous because of what God gave me and now he's got nothing. And then the heartbreaking moment is Kerry goes, well you still got me, da. And he goes, I've got nothing left, nothing mm. left. And that is heartbreaking. But he also says, in, isn't it in that bit where he says, I peeped in 78? Yeah. <laughs> peeped once in 78, didn't like it, vowed never to do again, and then tell a lie. I did it once more in the 80s, <laughs> and I still didn't like it. And it's the way then, as his justification, he turns to Kerry and goes, I'm a milkman by trade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as if that makes a difference. <laughs> I mean, I it's, it's, are, are there still milkmen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are still milkmen. Yeah, 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 definitely. And he said, oh, I've got better things to do. But it's that, I tried it once more to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you hear the thud. Well, you hear that, but, but yeah, but before that, it's one of the um, quotes of the whole series is when Kerry says, the truth has to out, and he goes, no, it doesn't occur. Next thing you know, you get a call from the police, CCTV footage absolutely nails you, and DNA all over a tennis racket cover. Perfect delivery. Yeah. Perfect delivery. You would never know that this is... Somebody who's never really... Somebody who's, yeah. Ne- yeah, who's never acted before. Now, either it's... Because I know that he was saying that it took a while to do, and he, yeah. he, he had to learn the lines and stuff. So whether it's just, like, very clever editing... And pieced it together, I, but but I, knowing Paul, I can imagine him being like that. Absolutely, and yeah. I, I was, I'll say this now because I was going to say it at the end. Apart from Kerry and Curtin, if there is a, a man of the match of the whole series, I think Paul is it. Yeah, because you have to take your hat off with the fact that I know people from from like being. At, I remember Dad's pub and stuff. Mm. I know people like. Martin Muckley. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily the peep inside no, of it. No, but a but character. Somebody, yeah, and somebody that will come out with bullshit all the time. Yeah. We'll, we'll get on to some of his lies a little bit later on. But there's, you know people that everything they say, they try and big themselves up, and everything that comes out of their mouth is bullshit. Yeah, I always say it's the local Walter Mitty. Yeah. Isn't it? It's yeah. just done it, been there, you know, always knows the best. Yeah, so after that uh, wonderful quote, um, something hits the caravan. Um, and then we see a white-haired old man <laughs> running away. Way he's running away. He just made me laugh so much. It's, it's only Alan. And it's again, a... I, he must have run all the way over that field, it's... thrown the air, because he's exactly. in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's like you've got no cover, so they no. don't know who it is. That's the thing. And like you say, it's the way he runs as well, which yeah. and we, will, we will come on to Alan a little bit later Absolutely. on. Um, so Curtin now is in the show. Well, he's going to have a date with Kaylee after Slugs. And he's going to be his knight in shining, be the knight in shining armor because obviously he thinks that Slugs is going to be such a shit date yeah. that he'll come wandering in like the knight in shining armor because Slugs is going to set the bar very low. And if not, he's going to punch him because it's going to be like a turkey, yeah. uh, like punching a turkey or any other flightless, flightless bird, <laughs> which is a really bizarre line. Yeah, and the way he says it as well, he says it quite ominously mm. as well. He's always flightless bird. Anyway. Uh, so into the shop, 
and uh, looking for a card. Slugs comes in, and uh, Curtin makes a... Uh, and this shows how childish he is as well. Yeah. How he's not grown up. The way he's trying to block Slugs from looking yeah, at the Yeah, he's trying to get into his head as well. Yeah. He's, he's, try, he's trying to... He, you know, he calls him a snake in the grass as soon as he comes in. Um, but he comes out with some, like, little nuggets of wisdom. <coughs> Pardon the, uh, the pun there. Um, he said that he's damaged goods. He said that time heals the cruelest hearts. <laughs> it's almost Shakespearean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kaylee doesn't take uh, Curtin as he is rather than the monster he's become. Mm. I, I was trying to sort of um, break that down, what that actually means. Now, again, could this be he's he's building himself up to be more of a, a bastard than he really is with women? Could be. Um or is it one of those lines he's read somewhere and he's just repeating it? Yeah, it? maybe. He said, and if she doesn't like it, she can jog back to sea with all the other fish. Yeah. Um, so Curtin, has, he's playing mind games with slugs. Like you say, he's getting in the way of the cards. He's trying to get into his head mm. with different little bits. And like, you know, it's, it's only it's only a date. It's only a date. It's not like she's royalty or anything like that. She's not the queen. Um, and then he says that he's got trust issues, and he and he's he's obviously. I mean, we've said before that. That a lot, all of these characters like broken characters. Yeah, they've got those so many insecurities. As yeah, well. and that is a classic British sitcom trait, isn't mm. it? Is that the people that you are rooting for have got some kind of damage? Yeah, or they're they're never they're never just they're all, all losers. They're yeah, all there's nobody. What I would say is just perfectly normal. No, in a British sitcom, no. in the you know in the lead role, they've always got those quirks. Those. You know, something, something, (laughs) possibly. Sorry, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) All I got there was birds of a feather. I was thinking of a Linda Robson or Leslie Joseph joke, and I thought, no, no, there just isn't one, is there? No. So, um, Curtin goes on and says that Slugs is like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Said, no, the fat little sidekick that follows him everywhere, (laughs) which I think is Le Fou, isn't it? It It is Le Fou, or is it? Yeah, it's something like that. Le Fou, something like that. I, something like that, um, and she's going out with slugs because he doesn't want to hurt. Um, she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. So, and then the first time it's the first time we actually hear the interviewer. Yeah, we don't. I don't think you hear it in the rest of the episodes. I don't either. think you do. Uh, but she asks Kaylee, "What does she like in a boyfriend?" And she says, "He's got to be clean, got to have his own car." Because the last boyfriend he had, he just gave. She gave lifts to him everywhere. Um. But she's yeah, I think she's she's very cute, isn't she? And she is, but it's the fact that she very she's not going to talk. That's probably why you hear the interviewer to you know sort of make that point more valid. Is that she's not going to talk until somebody speaks to her? Exactly. Um, and then Curtin is sort of like all in because she's saying that Kaylee just lights up the room. That's why I love her. He hasn't even had a date with her yet. No, and the, there is a sound of desperation in yeah. his voice. Yeah, and I suppose in a sense, I sort of understand that a little bit because mm. when I was younger I never I thought for years I was never going to get a girlfriend and whenever I Same. fancied somebody I started to fall madly in love with Same. her yeah. and I'd not even gone out with her once yeah, yeah. it was a weird I, thing I used to get infatuated with with girls that I maybe just said hello to yeah and I would yeah. do nothing but think about them all the time yeah, but absolutely. then wouldn't have the the balls of slugs to just go up and say, "Got a boyfriend." But I think that was the majority of teenagers, you know. Whereas that's what's quite sad in a sense is Kurt. And we we've sort of established his early twenties, mm. and then 
he's still acting like a 14 year old in some you know in the, in, especially in his sort of maturity against the opposite sex yeah but I don't he, he hasn't got any maturity I think that's another reason immature, why he likes it? to stay around Kerry mm. because, and it is that Laurel and Hardy thing it's the same as the reason that Oliver Hardy stayed with Stan Laurel is because he thought he was his superior, superior yeah where he actually he is just as stupid as, as Stan Laurel. Yeah. I think that's the same with with Kerry with, and Curtin. With Curtin, yeah. Yeah. Curtin stays there because he thinks that being with Kerry it makes him look clever yeah. and hard. Maybe I don't know, but it doesn't. He's no. just as stupid as she is. Yeah. Um, or probably maybe not stupid isn't the right word. Maybe immature is probably the right. Im- yeah, definitely the, the immature. Right There's a lot of immaturity in there. Yeah, isn't there? right. So we see Martin and Kerry, and uh, Martin's at the controls of the computer uh, on a flight simulator going from LA to Frankfurt. Yeah, and I love the fact that they are all in with it. You know, they're 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 talking the headsets to the, with the, the with the mics. Yeah, they're talking to the um, the customers or the passengers on the plane. Well, that's what made me laugh. It's when they're playing that game. The, the computer is really ancient, but the headsets look really quite yeah. modern. Yeah. <laughs> um, Right, uh, then we see Reverend Francis uh, for the one and only time in the episode saying that uh, Carrie would love to have a proper relationship with her dad. Um, and then there's just like a look of resignation well, on his a, face. There's, there's a good pause. Yeah, and then he goes, well, he tries. Yeah. Where, which is basically saying that he doesn't really. Um, and this, this is a little this, gem. This, this is one of the, the bullshit. Yeah, but it's a gem of yeah. one. It's an absolute gem. And I love the fact that with the way that it's directed, he's standing up, she's sat down, so he is the dominant figure, yeah. and she is looking up in awe. At yeah, him absolutely. With the fact that, that he... and this is where we've heard this sort of conversation around here many times. Yeah, it's the sort of bollocks yeah. that you hear. He said he doesn't need to work. Uh, he said his bank is the fruity at the keepers, and he goes through this elaborate, you know, and. I have literally not the, the same formula, but I have literally been behind the bar and somebody telling me how they would win the jackpot. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you wait till the cherries come up, hold the cherries, cancel it, you know, take that and do this. And and that was the thing that got me is I've yeah. heard this story before. Yeah. You know, and the fact that it's, um, he costs the landlord 50 grand a year. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. And you can see the look on, and then Kerry says, you know, my dad's a legend. Um, there was some uh, Swindon smackheads going down Pearly Crescent. Now, Pearly Crescent, they, there's a Pearly Road in Sirencester, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is. I'm just wondering whether or not they've taken... They might, yeah, might have been. Taken that, maybe. Um, but and, before that, I mean, just to say, we saw Martin blowing the horn, didn't we? That's the next bit. Is that after That's, that? that's after this little... little bit, and that's the bit I got... Something I got to play because anyway, um, yeah. So basically, saying that everybody around the, the village knows that, and everybody in a wider area knows that her dad is a legend, and that they know that it's her dad, and she's very proud of that as well. So then Martin is blowing the horn, and that's when it's another load of bullshit. But you can see that she is looking at him like he is a god, and he's saying, "You know, use your diaphragm." Yeah. He what said, do you think about that? It's all from the diaphragm. Yeah. He said, "I could blow up a hot water bowl." <laughs> and then he, the look of sort of defiance and like, you know, you should be yeah. glowing in my presence. Idolize me. This is the this is the line that I absolutely pissed myself. So he blows the horn, says all this about the diaphragm, says he's going to blow the hot water bottle up. Then he says this, and watch again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. It is so simple. Play it again. 
and watch again. <laughs> so he's like, you know, it's not like um, asking, you know, oh, shall, shall I do it again? It's just, and watch again. Yeah. And I love that line. It's a fantastic line. <laughs> I don't know why I love that line so much. Yeah. Because it's just three le- three words. I just don't know why I love that line so much. I don't. Um, then we get the, the, the next bullshit, which I... Well, I mean, is it bullshit? He probably would have, because if he was a builder or anything around that Yeah, that well, he's not. He's a milkman. Well... <laughs> he's a man of many trades. But he's a milkman, so why would he be in the pub at night time? He'd have to be getting up early the next day. Just a Billy Bullshit, isn't Yeah. He? So it's And the other reason I think it's Billy Bullshit is because if you notice that the, the, the two things that he says is always the last Thursday of every month. <laughs> so he says on this, last Thursday of every month... Um, he plays Paul with Fred West. Did a few. He did a few iffy things. things yeah. But as a builder, he was top notch in the West Country. We used to call him West, best in the West. Um, he could hold four bits of four by four one handed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other man that could do that was my old man. Um, so then we see that it's like the, it's dusk, and I'm, I, I but swear, when, I when he's you... talking, did you notice how happy Kerry looked? Exactly. Yeah, but they both looked like they had a connection. Yeah, they both looked like they were sort of enjoying each other's company, and that was the thing that got me was that it sort of looked like, and but definitely Kerry just looked happy. Yeah, where she didn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, she's just spending time with her dad and love here. She doesn't care whether they're bullshit, whether they're not. She believes everything. Doesn't yeah. She? Um. And then it so it's showing the night time, and I could have sworn you could hear like grasshoppers and stuff, like it was in the Midwest of America. Or the, you know, <laughs> the amount of times we've been out in that sort of time, and you don't hear one grasshopper. No, you, you, all you hear is an owl or a cuckoo or something. Yeah. Uh, so then we see the morning, and they're on their approach to Frankfurt. So they've been doing the 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 uh, flight simulator all night. Uh, so they've simulated it like in real time. So they've been doing it. <laughs> Can you, I can't think of anything more boring. I know. But then again, if you want to spend... I mean, like, I don't know whether... I mean, obviously, Kerry enjoys doing it, but she's spending quality time That's with her right. dad. That's what it's It doesn't matter for, what you're doing no. it for. Um, so Kerry's doing the weather, telling everybody what the weather is going to be like in Frankfurt uh, and thanking everybody for flying Martin Mucklow Airways. And then Martin says to her, right, off to bed. We've got a return flight in five hours and 42 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Ke- Kerry, love your dad. And Martin just goes, yeah. So all of that build-up of the the, the 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 promise that something lovely has happened is just destroyed in, and in one looks, letter. She looks devastated. In one word, yeah. She really does. But she has that... She she sort of has that little look of that she's happy, and then she sort of... It's another beautiful look mm. by Daisy that she just looks out, into, like, out of the window and regret or pain. Deflation. Probably deflation. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, all right, Curtin then goes on about the two R's and the three T's. Yeah. Which is respect, report, and then talking, talking, talking. Gets to the bench, and this, this is another thing. Is like, Wait, so he also says, don't ever let that ball hit the ground. Good rela- relationships are built on good conversation. That's right. And so he, he makes his way to the uh, park bench, where um, Slug's obviously having a nice time with... Um, um, oh, God, I forgot. Kaylee. Kaylee. And then all he says is, right, time's up, fuck off. Yeah. And, and um, Slug just gets up and walks, walks off. off. Not even with a word. He doesn't, I don't think he even says goodbye to Kaylee. No. He just gets up and goes. 
And obviously the whole point of it was that um, Curtin was Billy Big Balls about this is what you've got to do, this, you know, talking, 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 sits there and then freezes. Which is the longest pause ever, isn't it? Because yeah. she isn't going to talk. And he just doesn't, it looks like he's just, everything that he's saying that he's going to do just completely goes out the window. Yep. And then uh, starts off with, I don't smoke, I vape, <laughs> uh, and then repeats it. Yeah, uh, and it just looks awkward. It just looks like it, well, this obviously isn't isn't going to go right. Um, and then uh, you got Martin and Kerry, and Kerry's on the lawnmower. That's fucking hilarious. This was. And so he's there, and she's trying to sort of start it off. And I love it. He, he's biting. He's yeah. biting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy on the clutch. Easy on the clutch. Um, and then there's yeah. I think then they go back to uh, curtain. And he's still awkward. Well, he tells that awful story where we went trying to show off. I went to a vaping convention with 10,000 vapors yeah. all vaping at once. Uh, and then the dog parks. Yeah. And he just goes, what type of dog is that? And then he, that's in between the anecdote about the vaping festival. Mm. Uh, and then Kaylee just comes at Labrador, I think. And then Curtin's driving, uh, uh, Kerry, sorry, is driving around on the lawnmower. And it's when he's going, go on, my son. You got it, yeah, my son. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the telling bit. Yeah, but it's the bit where she's so led back <laughs> and just go around in that circle. Really, really made me laugh. Oh, really made me laugh. Right, so Curtin then gives the card to Kaylee and says how cute it is. Uh, and then, uh, is it Kaylee reads it? Um, he said, go on, read it out. That's right, yeah. Out. And it's, uh, you would make me the happiest mouse if you say yes and become my spouse. And a very awkward Very sign. awkward. Um, and then Curtin basically says, things move fast in the village. If you don't snap at the girl, then someone else might come sniffing around it. And that's the thing, come sniffing Here around it. That was the yeah. thing. It's like, there's no, there's no... Her. Yeah, it's just, come sniffing around it. And if I was a dog, I'd piss on her. But not in <laughs> not a harsh <laughs> way. <laughs> I'd be marking my territory to warn off other fellas. So he's he's all heart. He really is. Oops. Careful. <clears throat> he's all heart. Hang on. Just want to make sure I've got all the bits. Right. Uh, right. So the, <laughs> Martin's about to uh, show Kerry and says, let me show you how to blind someone in a fight. I know. <laughs> which is a great start to a scene. What a line. Uh, Curtin introduces Kaylee. Um, but then Kaylee's like, um, whispering in Curtin's ear, and uh, Curtin asks if Kaylee can go for a piss. And I love that Martin like pulls up his trousers. Well, it's what he says. Yeah, the toilet's through there, and uh, <laughs> just I don't know. It's just the way he is. Um, hang on, let me get to my notes. Um, as long as you don't piss, isn't it? You know, as long as you use the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. says that's it, that bit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, Curtin and uh, Kerry is sort of like just going over how the, the date has been going. All of a sudden, Kaylee's out and is doing a runner across the field. And uh, Martin straight away comes out and goes, well, I didn't do anything. I know. Um, and you then peeped you, on her. You're a dirty peeper. And there's Kaylee in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the field. But she did half leg it, didn't she? She did leg it, yeah. She and to be fair, it's it. a long way because you've got nowhere to go. No. You? There's, there's, um, right, so Martin and Kerry... And Kerry's trying to get the, you know, into what did happen. And uh, Martin's there saying, I make, I was making a squash and she bolted out the door like a feral pig. I know, that made me chuckle. You can tell that she doesn't believe him. Yeah. And this is where now he's, he, is, he is a shit because he wants to, 
he knows that she doesn't believe him, but she's, he's going to give her more bullshit. Yeah. Um, he's flying to Australia this weekend. Um, you can come with me. And she goes, oh, what is... Like, co-pilot. Co-pilot. He goes, no, it's Captain Dipstick. And now, I don't throws know the, her the hat. But yeah. I don't know whether he's... Is, she, is he calling it Captain Dipstick? I or think he's calling her a dipstick. No, right. as Captain Right, Captain Dipstick. dipstick. Yeah. Right. And then Kerry's face just lights up like it's Christmas Day. Are you joking? He said, yeah, well, get the map out and plan the route. How does that sound? Best day of my life, Dad, to be mm. honest. That's heartbreaking. It is, Because you know he's he, he's going to be a shit. Yeah. And it's every, it means well, everything to her. You, and then there's a bit where he's, you, you can just see he's using her. Yeah. But he gets, the, he gets a call, uh, and then they drop the charges, and he goes, oh, Sandra will be sorry. Um, and then Kerry said, just get the, just the two of us now, Dad. Yeah. And he said, get the beers in. And he's not listening to what she's saying. And it's more the fact that he just wants her to go and get the, the beers. And oh, yeah, shop will be shut in half hour. Yeah, off you go. Yeah. What a, what a piece of shit. Yeah, do you hear that? What yeah, a piece of peeper. shit. Um, you right. dirty peeping <laughs> bastard. So Curtin's on the search for Kaylee and uh, finds uh, finds her there on her own. And did, I, did he touch you? Did he peep on you? Did he expose himself? And she's going, no. And then Slugs comes in. Carrying two ice cream. Crashing in with the truth and says, next time you take a chick out, don't bore her to tears. Did you notice, though, when he, he's holding those two ice creams, he looks like he's licked both of them. I, I thought he only had one ice cream. I thought he had two. I think he had one. Oh, is that? I think so. We'll have to do we'll yeah, we'll that. I didn't look. look at that, to be honest. And um, so, obviously... Curtin is like incredulous. He can't believe that that he would be the one that was thought of as boring, and uh, he sort of talks to Kaylee and then finds out because Kaylee says, "No, I've got a boyfriend now," yeah. and it's Slugs. Yes. So Slugs has one out, and uh, Curtin says, "Well, I told my nan about you and everything. Roses are red, violets are blue. I got five fingers, and the third, third one's, one's for, for you, you which and is, you, yeah. <laughs> which is a really good little rhyme. That is uh, a fucking time waster," he says. Um, so then Curtin then all of a sudden changed his mind about Martin saying that he's not a peeper uh, he's a part time peeper if anything and then Curtin and Kerry go back to Martin's caravan for for Curtin basically to apologise uh, but Martin's on his way out has left a note on the caravan door and he's obviously he's packed but it's this bit if you listen Curtin says to Kerry you actually scared her off. She didn't like the look of you, That's so you right. ought to apologise to me. Yeah, which made me yeah. chuckle. That he always got to deflect and lie. See, but that another is another Laurel and Hardy thing. Mm. The, the 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 comparison between the two couples is quite s- staringly yeah, obvious yeah. for me. Because Oliver Hardy would do that. He mm. would he would do blame. something and blame Stan Laurel, and, start, and Laurel would then do the crying or. And yeah. thinking that he was the one that was causing the problem when it would be all of a It's weird. It is a strange one. Um, yeah, so we found the note on the door. Yeah, and, and Martin is packed, and uh, and Kerry sort of goes, well, you don't need to pack. It's just a flight simulator. When, you know, we're going to Australia. You don't need to pack for real. And he's going, oh, no, I'm, I'm going back to Sandra. I said, what about, you know, doing the, the flight simulator? He said, well, aren't we going to do it? And he, no. Not even any thought. Not even any, yeah. Um, and that's it then. Curtain then is... is Which is, it's a lovely moment. It is a lovely moment. And he's sick and tired. Yeah, he's sick and tired of how Martin is treating Kerry and decides that he is going to sort of chase him down and fight him. Um, 
Martin calls him a pipe cleaner, and um, Kerry uh, Curtin calls him Charlie P- Large Potatoes, which I think is a good one. <laughs> yeah. But there's no actual fighting. No gypsy rules. Yeah, I'm waiting for the first punch. They both have this dance. Curtin throws a couple of kicks, which don't go anywhere near, and they're just circling around each other. Um, so Kerry then it, it cuts then to Kerry in the uh, caravan, caravan on the flight simulator, starting the flight to Australia, and where she's introducing herself to the crew. Uh, and she says, this is a solo flight. And that that is the one that really yeah. that just breaks your heart. Um, Curtin and Martin are topless drinking beer outside. And we get another one. Last Thursday of every month. Yeah, this made me chuckle. He shags Alan's wife senseless. Yeah, because uh, Alan can't get it up anymore. And he's hung like an oxen. Uh, Alan comes in to get a pair of socks every now and then to see how he does it. <laughs> yeah. And then they all go For down. Tips. The, yeah, they all go down the keeper's. And he buys me a pint. <laughs> and uh, and that is basically is it. Well, yeah, because Curtin basically sort of looks and just sort of goes, mm. sort of like, you know, take a breath or what you want to call it. Now, you see, when I first watched this episode, the first time through the series, this was my favourite episode. Yeah. It has changed now. This after, is my second favourite. Yeah. This is my still second favourite episode. But it, it was my favourite. Yeah. Because the laughs, the initial laughs that you heard... Um, were so fast-paced. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. come on and on Absolutely. and on. Absolutely. Um, so we finish with a card that says, In Loving Memory of Alan Taylor. Right. Now, I wanted to find out a little bit more about Alan Taylor because I didn't know whether or not that was... Now, do you know the story of Alan Taylor? No. Right. So I contacted uh, Martin McClough himself, Paul Cooper, and uh, this was what he told me. I asked him, who was Alan Taylor... Did, you know, did he die? Obviously, it's, it says between two, mm. two years. It's R.I.P. Alan Taylor. So he basically said, um, Alan Taylor, he was Mikey, the driver, who played the cameo role of Alan, seen running away after egg in the caravan. The kids tried to get everyone in the crew in this country. Uh, Mickey had been a driver for 40 years to shows and had never been asked. So they thought it would be funny to say, at the end, R.I.P., etc., I think it was Paul, so Paul Shahidi, the vicar, who was not in on the gag, who actually sent his condolences. <laughs> oh so there you go. That's uh, that's that episode. Oh, and brilliant episode. Indeed. Brilliant. Did we have many people? We did. We did. Uh, first of all, though, before we go on to the um, bit... Oh, no, we'll do the bits. We'll do the, the best bits first. So first on Twitter, we had at J underscore P999. Uh, said when Alan throws eggs at the caravan and calls him a snake. So we've got this bit. Oi! Ah, oh, leave it, care. Leave it. It's only Alan. Bloody Alan. Fucking little snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also said the, uh, well, the, um, the mortal lines. I don't smoke, I vape. Yep. I said I don't smoke, I vape. <laughs> don't say it once, he just said it twice. It's the, it's, how proud are you of me? I don't smoke, I vape. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, at Nick Ceausescu, I think that's how it's said, uh, it has to be when Martin reminiscing about Fred West. I vividly remember spraying most of a can of Strongbow Dark Fruits across the living room the first time I watched it. Uh, genius. So we got a little bit of that. Something you won't know, Care, is that the last Thursday of every month, I used to play pool with Fred West. I know he's done some iffy things, but as a builder, he was top-notch, best in the West Country. 
at this country fans, which is Deb. I think ah, Debbie does the. Hello, uh, Deb. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, this was on Instagram, so this could be. This was Emma. Oh, hello, Emma. Uh, was the DNA on a, re- a racket cover? Uh, you got me. And so we've got a little bit of that. It's all right, Dad. The truth has to out. No, it don't care. The next thing you know, you'll get a call from the police who say they've got CCTV footage that absolutely nails you and your DNA all over a tennis racket cover. (laughs) Perfect. And also the nothing left bit. It's just malicious lies. That's all it is. They're jealous of what God gave me downstairs. And now I've got nothing left. you got me, Dad. Nothing left. (laughs) Um, but uh, this country, at uh, this country, fans did say, you know, hearts around the country broke. Mm-hmm. At that yeah, point. absolutely. And then uh, at frescoes for you on Twitter said, uh, "This is for one the best episode. Almost too much to point at the best bit. Everything I love about great comedy was here in just twenty odd minutes. Wonderful. Um, very true. Very absolutely true. true. Very true. Um, and then, of course, I love this one." And watch again. I love that. <laughs> I too. love that bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's it. So before we uh, wrap up, I just want to say uh, a shout out on the Patreon. Oh, brilliant! Uh, Neil Stud, thank you very much for joining the uh, the ever growing gang on Patreon. And if you want to join us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash wtaf. We have some fantastic rewards. Uh, from as little as $1 a month, which is about 70p, I think yep. it is, um, going up to $15 a month. We will be having some more rewards going on very, very soon. But at the moment, you can get a signed postcard from one of your favourite members of the of the cast. Pretty much all the principal members of Pretty the much camp. everybody. Yep. So you can choose, or for $15, you get a chance to come on the podcast and you get every single one of those postcards as well for $15 oh, a month. Oh, you see. Say that. Collector's items. Indeed, collector's, collector's items. items. And get them now before the second series blows up, because then, who knows. And also, you will get to see exclusive videos on Indeed. Patreon that you don't see anywhere else. We have one exclusive... No, two, two. I think. Two exclusive videos at the moment, which is our, our on-location um, shoots that we did. We've got another two or three of those to go up. Uh, and we'll just have some some little different funny ones going up every so often uh, as well. So also come and uh, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WTAF This Country. And if you want to send us an email, then please do. It's WTAF This Country at Hotmail dot com. And if you want to see any more of any of our stuff that we do, just go to pancast.co.uk. Beautifully said, Neil. Thank you, pal. Thank you ever so much for joining me on this show (laughs) once again. (laughs) Joining you. Absolute pleasure. Indeed. And, um, yeah, when you get to listen to this on the day that it's released, uh, Series 2 will be out. Yeah, absolutely. So we have just one episode left of Series 1. Which will be next week. Which will be next week. And then we will do a little short one for the... um, I think we'll have a conversation about it, but we will be doing a, a, a more in-depth over Series 2. Well, we'll I just... was yeah, I was thinking that we should maybe do a Patreon-exclusive quick video as soon as we've seen it. So we could do two short little ones, you know, yeah. you do one, I do one. I was thinking more about the Comet Relief episode as well. Oh, yeah, we've got so that we one to do. One for that. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's all in the future. It's all coming. Well, there's loads more to come. We've loads got more, more, more interviews on the way. Indeed. And all sorts. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, pal. Thank you very much, Neil.
Fuck off, everyone. <laughs> Still got to work out an ending. <laughs> uh, go get plunger, fuckers. That's the one. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.